0: Hi, everyone, and welcome to Paydirt, a Penn State football show. Along with former Penn State and NFL quarterback Matt McGloin, I'm Tom Hannafin. This show is brought to you by our sponsors Funk Brewing, the official craft beer partner of Pater. We're big fans of Funk's Citrus IPA and Silent Disco IPA. However, this month, keep an eye out for the Raspberry Bikes Shandy and the Project Haze 6 Imperial IPA. But don't forget, our official beer, the Paydirt IPA, is available right now in Funk's tap rooms. Funk has so many great beers to choose from at their tap rooms in Emmaus, Elizabethtown, and York in Pennsylvania. You can find a variety of Funk Brewing beers at your favorite beer distributor and grocery store. Visit FunkBrewing.com to learn where and how you can get their fantastic products. Must be 21 years or older to purchase. Please drink responsibly. Also, BetOnline remains your number one source for all your sports betting needs this season. You'll always find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at BetOnline. And as your continued source for all sports wagering information, BetOnline feeds features live betting, free contests, and giveaways all season long. Always the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports and events, whether that's the NFL, Major League Baseball's World Series, the NBA, the NHL, MMA, tennis, boxing, or even golf. Head to betonline.ag to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use the promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, to receive your rewards. Paydirt is presented by BetOnline where the game starts. Also, we invite you to head to shop.believe.com that's shopb lea dot and search Paydirt for our two t-shirts. One is the official show logo over the heart. It comes in white, navy blue and black and the other is a navy blue t-shirt. It has the Paydirt word mark over the heart and on the back. Circa the 2012 Penn State football season it has Matt McGloin's name and number. It's very fitting as this season of Nittany Lion football marks the 10 year anniversary of that team. Again, head to shop.believe.com. That's shop. Dot and search Pater for our two t shirts. Thank you for tuning in on ESPN Radio State College, as well as checking out the podcast version of this show presented by the Believe Network, which is available now on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, and wherever else you get your podcasts. And of course, hit us up on Twitter and let us know what you think of the show at ESPN Radio 1037, at McGloin QB11, and at Tom Hannafin. Matt, it's good to be back with you. You and I, ironically, were both working in Las Vegas this past weekend, so a big thank you to former Penn State wide receiver Ryan Scher and Penn State graduate Zach Kaplan for filling in and giving us a hand with the recap episode of Penn State's win against Minnesota this past weekend. Uh, you were attending a Raiders function. I was working for Impact Wrestling, so uh, unfortunately we couldn't link up uh, in Sin City. Uh, you had some wonderful flight issues, and <laughs> I was flying out, so we were just ships passing in the night yeah
1: what Um, was it a sand There was like a sandstorm or a windstorm or something like that that yeah it was a
0: crazy windstorm this past saturday for anybody that happens to be listening to this that lives in the vegas area or nevada altogether but yeah it was it was pretty wild and i was trying to get you tickets to impact wrestling sin city showdown and uh you get diverted to phoenix yeah not fun yeah
1: no yeah we had we had a land we were circling we had a land in phoenix to get more fuel um you know take back off and then landed in Vegas. So yeah, landed a few hours later than expected, but I was excited. I was excited to get, you know, to an impact wrestling event. Unfortunately, like I said, you know, the the flights, you know, we couldn't get there in time, but uh, but I was I had to text you like, "Hey, if you need a fan to take a chair shot <laughs> or a fa- or a fan to get involved in a match, I'm your guy."
0: You'd have been the first one. Uh, you'd have been the first one. But the, the nice thing, Matt, for you and I is that, you know, I think we all had our concerns as Penn State football fans coming into this past weekend, following the loss to Michigan, uh, a 50-50 kind of feel going into this game against Minnesota yeah. at home in a whiteout, 7.30 p.m. Eastern time. It's a big primetime matchup. And Penn State winds up blowing the doors off yeah. the Golden Gophers, 45-17. to um, When you got around to watching the game this past week, you know,
1: what was your reaction? Because this was a surprise. To yeah, the, the, the Tanner Morgan not playing, you know, I think obviously helped tremendously. Um, but again, this team played, played very good on both sides of the ball. How? I mean, I, you know, one of the things and again, we know how loud that whiteout atmosphere is. But a couple times, Tom, I was like, wow, like even when the referee. You know, we try to make a call for a false start or something like that. I'm thinking to myself, like, they're just as loud as this mic'd up referee is. So, Mm -hmm. uh, extremely impressive performance, again, by this Penn State football team, man. But, man, that crowd brought it. Those fans brought it. That support was there. I think they felt how important that game was, right? What happened on the road in Ann Arbor, you get beat understanding how crucial of a game at home that was against a good Minnesota football team before you have to play the Buckeyes the following week. So the organization certainly brought it. Fans brought it. Just what a great night for football, man. And seeing that whiteout atmosphere never gets old, Tom. Like, I don't care what any other team across the country tries to do with a maze out or a blackout or an orange out or whatever the heck you want to call it, it'll never look like a Beaver stadium football game on a Saturday night, whiteout crowd, man, just, just spectacular.
0: Uh, and really like the color that you're trying to pull off doesn't matter. It's the energy. It's exactly craziness that everybody, not just students, the student section always fantastic, but alumni get just as into it as everybody else. And they understand how big that home field advantage. I got to tell you and, a funny story uh, real, qu- <laughs> real yeah.
1: quick, real quick. So uh, again, I, I talk about it all the time, you know, I, I, You know, very fortunate that, you know, my family was able to go to pretty much every game. But I remember one of my brothers telling me the story where it was the first whiteout game that he was at, Tom. And he's like, you know, everybody's cheering, yelling. He goes, he goes, I'm sitting there. He goes, I look over and he goes, there's a fan just has his eyes closed and is screaming as loud as he could. And like my my brother's like, that was like the first moment where he realized, like, you know, holy gosh. Like how incredible and passionate like that support actually is, you know, and, and it is during every week. But I mean, it's just it's so much more during that that whiteout atmosphere. Oh, as
0: someone who has attended those as a fan, there's just nothing else like it. it it's a brilliant atmosphere, and something that was actually touched on here on ESPN Radio State College by the voice of uh, Penn State football, Steve Jones, earlier this week was um, not necessarily uh, be. Uh, an issue with what the crowd was doing in that um, Steve referred to it as a mixed reaction when Sean Clifford was introduced at Beaver Stadium and then not. there was no mincing words about what happened when Sean Clifford threw an early interception. Uh, He was flat out booed. That rarely, if ever, happens at Beaver Stadium. And the point that Steve Jones was making is that You know, his words were that's your quarterback. You're supposed to support your team. You're supposed to have a home field advantage. Um, I'm a Philadelphia guy. I'm a Philadelphia sports fan. We boo people for a living and we boo them because they're not playing up to our standards. So that when I hear that, I don't get terribly mad, but I know you have a different opinion considering you played on that field and you've been around that fan base for so long. Um, to see Sean deal with that in the first half, what did you think? You
1: know, look, I've said it all a long time. Sean is the guy, right? He's he has to be the quarterback moving forward. He puts you in the best position to win football games week in and week out. And my whole thing with it too is that you're not one in five. You're not, you know, you're not two and four or whatever like that. I mean, this is a six and one football team. You still have it if you win Saturday. <laughs> You're putting yourself in a really, really good spot moving forward. um So it's not, and it's not like he's playing bad football. He, he's playing really good football. He's done a lot, a, a, a lot of of good things thus far this season. Has he had bad moments? Yeah, he has. Like that post route that was overthrown for a pick. He's got to throw him across the football field, right? You can't be perfect with that ball. You got a guy with speed, Tom. You have all that room in the world on that whole entire left side, throw it over there, let him run and go get it. It was a miss. And like when he, there's times now, Tom, and it's gotten to a point where, you know, he throws a ball, you're holding your breath at times. And it's not because like he's turning it over left and right every single game, but like you don't want him to throw a pick or have a bad throw or sail a ball or dirt a ball. Because you know what's going to happen. People immediately go to boo, let's bring Alar in, bring him in, bring him in. Like it's not like it needs to be, all right, move on from it. Like we're, we're I think, you know, we're past the point, Tom, where we just think, all right, you just got to move on, continue to play, continue to grind, continue to work. At the first sign of struggle, the first turnover, the first fumble, everything like that, it's automatically, let's go to some other guy, right? It's not, it can't be that way. Right, the support needs to continue to be there. You're six and one football team. You're playing the number two team in America on Saturday afternoon. You have to rally around this guy. You have to support this guy. It's different again if you're losing games, losing games. He's the reason why you're losing football games. Then it's completely different. But he's not. He's not there yet, right? If you lose Saturday, you continue to lose, continue to lose, and you're out of it and you're done. Well, then I understand. Then I understand. You want somebody else in there, and you you want to prepare for the future and move forward with a guy like Drew Allar. But we're not there yet. So continue to stay the course with him. Continue to support him. If he gets destroyed mentally, it's going to trickle down to the rest of the football team. And if that happens, you have no chance.
0: I agree with you that you, you got to support your team. I'm all for that in terms of the home field advantage. Um, in my opinion, Sean earned it. If you look at his body of work this season, up and down game, head-scratcher of a game against Purdue. Leads the game-winning drive. Third quarter, he's abysmal. First half, it's inconsistent. You take care of business against Ohio U, as you should have. He looked very good against Auburn. We know what Auburn is now, but he looked very good in that game. Give him credit. Central Michigan, another MAC opponent. Not the most impressive or inspiring victory, but Sean looked good. Then, Northwestern, rainy conditions, you understand it. He was not good. Michigan one of the worst games of his career. That interception in the first quarter for a lot of Penn State fans was, here we go again. Mm -hmm. And again, it's something I've talked about is six years now of fatigue, of the high peaks and the low valleys of Sean Clifford. To his credit, this was the best game of his freaking career (laughs) at Penn State. 23 of 31, 295 yards, four touchdowns, yes, the pick. But it's like... It's baffling to me sometimes because you see how good he can be. And then I completely agree with you. Yes, he should be the starting quarterback. But then you have stretches like he just had. And I can't entirely point to the struggles of the offense entirely being Sean Clifford's fault. I completely agree with you. The offensive line play has been a detriment to both the pass and the run at points this season. So it's not all on Sean. But that's where I think that boo
1: came from. There, There is... You're, you're right, Tom, and that's a great point. When, when he's good, he's good. When he's bad, he's bad, right? And if, for me, when he's good, the feet are calm. He knows exactly what he's looking at. He understands coverage, and he understands the concept, where he needs to go, where he needs to put the football. That's when he's good. When he's bad, there's uncertainty, right? He drifts back. The feet are shuffling all over the place. He's chasing reads. For me, yes, that falls on him. That falls on Mike Yursich as well. Because clearly he's not comfortable with that play, that concept, not comfortable what he's seen. I talk about this all the time, and I don't really care because I mean, this is the way I think you need to do things as a quarterback, quarterback coach, offensive coordinator, quarterback room, whatever it may be, to be successful so that there are no surprises on Saturday afternoon. We used to, the night before the game, quarterbacks and Bill O'Brien. We used to sit in the dining hall. And go over every single play, Tom, on the game plan and on the game board. And I know you've seen one of those. It's pretty massive and there's two sides to it. You read the play. Here's my read versus this, 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 and this. It takes about 45 minutes to an hour to be able to go over that whole thing and read every single play. This is what the coverage is. Hey, I'm not feeling this play. I don't know about this one. It's out. We're not calling it. We'll move on. This is what I like third down three. Well, I want this play that we get to a third and down th- third and three situation. Tom, here's my number one. Here's my number two. Here's my number three. I want them in that order. That's what I felt most comfortable with throughout the course of the week. So if my first down third and three, if I don't get that play in the headset. I'm not going to be happy. This is what I want. I'm playing the game. Right. And I think he's at, I, I think Sean Clifford should be at that level. He should be having those conversations with Mike Yersich because it should be good, 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 good throughout the whole course of the game. And it's those times, Tom, where we see uncertainty, where we see bad footwork, where we see him looking left, right, right, left. Eyes are all over the place, chasing reads. Is that's when he gets into trouble because he's unsure. You need to eliminate your, your quarterback from from thinking that way or for not knowing what he's supposed to do. Um, you know, and especially this Saturday, if you got to water down the game plan, water down the game plan. Um, but it's. You know, this is a game, Tom, where you can't turn the football over. Clearly, you can't do it. You can't get behind. You can't go three and out, three and out, three and out. You can't get behind the chains. You can't let them create explosive plays. You can't go shot for shot with them, score for score with them, right? It's a game, Tom, where 14 points might be too much. And at that point, it may be over. You need to stay within striking distance all night, and for Penn State to be able to do that offensively, he cannot have a a, a bad play. He can't have, you know, the struggles that we've seen at times. It needs to be a complete game. If that means Tom on occasion not seeing things not being open and take a sack might be okay. Mm -hmm. Throwing it away is okay, right? those those are going to be fine Saturday afternoon.
0: And as you always like to say, reserve the right to play. There it is. Those those are important moments. Um, No, I agree with you. Sean Clifford needs to play like he did against Minnesota in order for Penn State to have a chance to win against Ohio State. Um, I do want to dive in more to the matchup with the Buckeyes here in just a moment, uh, you know, just reflecting a little bit more on Minnesota. Um, James Franklin was very particular to point out in his press conference earlier this week that Sean Clifford was the Big Ten Offensive Player of the Week. and uh, gave that information, then he paused for a good five seconds just to drive that home. Uh, and then also one of the important things that I saw this past Uh, Saturday night watching back the game was uh, Mike Yursich and that game plan that you were just talking about, I thought was excellent. I I thought the balance was really good. The running game was back to what we thought it could be before the Northwestern game. And to see the freaking tight ends get out there and flourish and run vertically and really test what is not the best secondary. There are so many communication issues for that Minnesota secondary and defense all night long. But what did you think of the way Yursich kind of pivoted a bit. We saw a lot of all three tight ends.
1: It was great. It really was. You said it right. Using tight ends, be able to get the run game going. That opens up so much more. And Tom, what I saw were it it wasn't, you know, guys bouncing this way, bouncing this way, and then going and creating placement. There there were holes. There were openings there for these running backs in the run game, you know, which is kind of, you know, one of the first times we've seen that this year. I mean, when you give these guys an inch, when you give them an opening, when the hole is big enough for them, to, to accelerate through and make plays, man, these guys can do some fantastic things. I'm not saying it needs to be 25, 30 yards every single time, but 8, 10, 12, right? You continue to be able to do that consistently in the run game. You're going to have success, Tom. And, you know, uh, when I look at that, to be able to carry that over into this week um, is going to be massive because it's for me, you know, it's you can't give them momentum. Right. You you need to be able to play slow to bleed the clock. Right. I, I'm thinking I'm snap. I'm in the huddle. Call my play. Boom. Let's go. Here we go. In line of scrimmage. Checking everything out. All right. We're good. Let's play. I'm snapping the ball 10, 11, 12 seconds on the play clock all night. I'm a slow. I'm effective. I'm running good football plays every single play. I'm not just thinking to myself, I just got to jam a run up in here and just to do it. No, 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 no. We're running the best possible play. In every situation, I don't care if I have to run 65, uh, 65 plays instead of 82, right? I I don't want to run 82 just, you know, in 17 bad plays. I would rather run 65 really good, solid, effective plays. Like I said, Tom, I don't for how good this run game has looked, how well the tight ends have played Sean Clifford, how well he's played at times. Still, I don't think they're good enough offensively to get in a shootout on Saturday afternoon. That's nothing against Penn State. You're talking about one of the better teams in America, one of the better offenses in America where they're four or five deep in that wide receiving core that you could put in the top 20 wide receivers oh, they're in America, receivers. right? You have mm-hmm. a potential Heisman winner as a quarterback there. You've got Travion Henderson, Mayan Williams. You've got two running backs which some of the better in the Big Ten. Um, they're talented enough, Tom. And we've already talked about that. They're more talented than Michigan. I still believe that. They're talented enough to be in this game and compete in this football game and to put themselves in a position where if it gets late in the fourth quarter, you got a chance to make a play to take over this game. What it comes down to, Tom, you talked about game plan against Minnesota. It's going to come down to game plan Saturday afternoon. Execution and the decisions that James Franklin has to make on Saturday afternoon that's what this game is going to come down to. I mean, look at look at that punt by Iowa. 13-7, to Like the, the, the punter decides to run it in a, a 13-7 game on a fourth and six. You can't do that and try to yeah. beat Ohio State. The first play of the game, Petra throws a pick. You can't do that. What happens the next play? Uh, C.J. Stroud, third down, oh, sails a ball. The kid from Iowa drops it. You can't do that. You have to take advantage. There are holes, Tom, on this Ohio State team. Now, they're not big ones. But there are holes there that you need to take advantage of when they present themselves to you. Again, chance to pick a ball, a ball on the ground, Tom, you got to get. Miscommunication, Ohio State offensively or defensively, you have to take advantage of it. You have to win those battles all day long. To,
0: to the credit of Ohio State, their defense in yards allowed per game, passing yards allowed per game, rushing yards allowed per game, uh, all in the top 10. Now, you can point to who they've played. It's not necessarily the same um, you know, strength of competition argument that we made against Michigan, uh, but you, you beat a bad Iowa team. You know, a good Iowa defense, really good Iowa mm-hmm. defense, but a bad Iowa team. Uh, Michigan State, you beat. They're struggling. Rutgers, you should have beaten 49 to 10, and Ohio State did. They beat Wisconsin 52 to 21, Toledo 77 to 21, Arkansas State 45 to 12. Basketball numbers. You open up, <laughs> it, it's insane. And then you open up the season against Notre Dame, and we know what Notre Dame is at this point this season. So to a degree, some of the numbers are inflated, and that just kind of happens in college football. The thing that I look at in regards to this defense is that I was encouraged, A, the vertical passing game, not necessarily like go routes and post routes that you and I have talked about. Not exactly the game of Sean Clifford. You get lucky with the miraculous one-handed grab Mm -hmm. from Mitchell Tinsley. That was unbelievable against Minnesota. But the vertical passing game where you're going to hit your tight ends, really work in the zone 10, 15, 20 yards down the field. That is Sean's throw. Mm -hmm. Sean can drill that, and he made that look really, really good against Minnesota. The other thing I think is going to be critical, and you saw aspects of it against Minnesota, was the screen game. And that's not something that Yursich has implemented a ton of at Penn State. Five catches between Allen and Singleton. Those two got plenty going on the ground, as you just mentioned a moment ago. But considering how well Ohio State's front four can get after the passer and get upfield, would it behoove Penn State kind of to spread things out a little bit, and maybe, hey guys, float up field, and then we're just gonna let them run right by us. What do you think?
1: Um, yeah, yeah. Look, I, you know, you have to keep them off balance, right? I think that's the most important thing. Um, you know, your first and ten call, it, it has to gain positive yardage, Tom. It does. There can't be mental errors. There can't be false starts. There can't be, you know, any type of miscommunications or 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 again, the mental mistakes that you see teams make from time and time again you need to be dialed in if if you're going to have a bad play it's just going to be because of you got beat on that play um you know first and 10 is going to be going to be crucial field position is going to be huge again you talk about reserving the right to punt i talk about it all the time Tom. you get a first down you get two first downs you're putting a drive together you're at the minus 40 you know third and 3 you don't convert pin, punt it pin them inside their 20 and say all right go 80 85 yards against against our defense um, right. Three points is okay in this game, holding teams to three points, right? Well, what it comes down to, like Tom is you can't turn the football over six times and expect to win what Ohio state did, or excuse me, what Iowa did against Ohio state. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, you right. But I think the one thing, even though it was 54 to 10, Tom, what I think we saw at least for, you know, 25, 30 minutes of football last Saturday against Iowa is that this team, this Ohio state team is human. Right, we did see it at times um, against Iowa. Right, they struggle to run the football. Um, you know, they, you know, it's this D line has to get penetration versus that run game. Right now, Ryan Day does a great job of keeping the playbook wide open. If he fails on first down, he's great on second down. Right, he stays ahead of the chains really well to create big explosive plays. I think you have to you have to stop this run game on early downs and force them into that seven plus all day put this best wide receiving core in america against one of the better secondaries in america that's your matchup tom all saturday afternoon
0: In regards to what you saw from penn state's defense against minnesota they looked way way better like night and day than they did against michigan what do you accredit that to
1: um i think they were feeding off that energy you know what i mean like you, I think you got that sense. You saw guys, you know, trying to pump up the crowd, playing to the crowd. You need, you're going to need that on Saturday. It's not, it's not a 7:30 kickoff whiteout crowd, but I mean, that place is going to be jammed by the time that 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 by the time that that ball is kicked off there at noon. So play to the crowd again, feel that energy, embrace that moment, understand how special it is to play to play in that game at Beaver Stadium against against a team like Ohio State. You only get so many opportunities to do that. So make the most of that, Tom. You know, I think one of the things this defense needs to be careful of that Minnesota had success with on Saturday is is the run game from the quarterback. He broke off a few nice runs. I think you're going to see some more read option from from C.J. Stroud in this in this Ohio State offense there. QB design runs, right? Again, we talk about it all the time. Things you're having a problem with on Saturday, find ways to carry over in the following Saturday. Um, you know, and with that, Penn State needs to they, – they, they have to contain, right? They, they have to stay in their positions, right? They have to understand what their job is. They need to see the football and react. Don't fall for play-action passes. I mentioned that, you know, those those read options and things like that, they're going to try to spread you as well with that stretch game, that run-zone game there that they get so wide with there, right? They do a great job. Stroud does a great job. Ryan Dittray does a great job of creating plays where they're moving linebackers. They're moving defenders in that play action. And then, boom, they throw it in there in the second level behind you. Um, and then those guys are great with, with run after catch as well. So stay contained, see the football. Don't fall for fakes, don't fall for play actions. Find the ball and react to it.
0: Are you a fan of rivalries? Are you a fan of smack talk? Do you like to stand out from the crowd at tailgates? If so, head over to Smack Apparel and check out what their team is geared up for this football season. Their let there be white Tea is the perfect gear for those famous whiteout games at Beaver Stadium. Or get straight to the point with the worst tea. For all the Ohio State haters out there. Smack Apparel makes the gear that'll have everyone asking where you got it. They have the must-have tees for all your teams, including pro football, baseball, basketball. Every fan is covered. Head over to their website, smackapparel.com, and use the promo code PAYDIRT at checkout for 10% off. Again, that's smackapparel.com, promo code PAYDERT. Pay dirt at checkout. Why wear boring when you can wear smack? Are you looking for undeniably good hair and beard care? Then Maestro's Classic is perfect for you. Maestro's has beard washes, beard oils, beard butters, plus hair gels and pomades. It's one brand for every man. Visit Maestro'sClassic.com. That's M-A-E-S-T-R-O-S Classic.com. And use our promo code, paydirt fifteen. Paydirt15 at checkout for 15% off your order. Maestro's classic, crafting a better you. And Stroud is, uh, and he's fantastic, obviously, he's a Heisman front runner. He does not necessarily want to run. He can, he is a very good athlete, um, but that's not what he wants to do. As we've talked about, they put up basketball numbers. They're averaging forty-nine points per game, and some of that you can point to competition, like we just talked about. But this offense is for real. Uh, one thing James Franklin talked about earlier this week in his press conference was that um, you know he's asked about does he feel more confident going into this game because of the strength of the secondary? And he didn't say more or less or anything like that, but he said, yeah, this definitely feels good. it's one of the best units we've ever had. Um, When you look at this matchup on paper, the pass catchers of Ohio state against the secondary of Penn state, how do you feel?
1: Um, Pretty good. I I really do. Um, You know, when it's not, you know, it's not one of those things where that's just, you know, you're just trying to build confidence in a team or anything like that. I actually feel really good about the matchup. I think that is Tom, the matchup to watch out for. And that's the matchup that's going to make or break this game on Saturday. Now, the problem with that, Tom, is that, I mean, th- there's, there's, there's four guys, five guys on this team that can go off in any game. That's going to be the problem for Penn state, right? Whether it's Marvin Harrison, Jr., Julian Fleming, Jackson Jath- Jackson Smith and Jigba, right? I mean, a- any one of those guys can go for a buck 40 or a buck 52, three touchdowns in a game. um, now, whether Penn State takes the chance of playing man coverage more, I don't think that's the route to go. I think it's zone. Um, I think you do play zone. I think you play to contain, play to prevent, um, force uh, force Stroud and these wide receivers to stay in front of you, um, and then rally to the ball and make tackles. Now, when you're going to do that, Tom, if you're if you're going to go that route, then one of the things we saw a week ago against Iowa was that. You know, they did struggle at times with games, stunts up front from the D-line, right? Rushing four straight just isn't going to work on Saturday. If you play zone, you want to rush four. This D-line needs to work all day, right? Game stunts, things like that. Stay creative. Force that offensive line to communicate. Keep their head in a swivel and keep their eyes moving. Um, you know, and you, you got to hit Stroud. You got to hit him. You know what I mean? You can't let him stand in the pocket all day or you're going to lose this football game, right? You, you got to get QB hurries. You got to get QB hits. Um, you got to force this kid to move off of his target, right? Force him to work all day.
0: It's one thing that uh, James Franklin also talked about during the press conference that he has confidence in the pass rush. Uh, and he said, while well, it's not necessarily reflected on the stat sheet in terms of, you know, a, a gross amount of st- of sacks or QB hurries, he's happy with what they're doing. And I think the positive thing that you just kind of touched on there is that um, creative is exactly what Manny Diaz is as a defensive coordinator. And he will dial up some stuff that hopefully is going to make life very difficult for C.J. Stroud and make him think as he's out there. In the past, last season more so than this season, if you can make him think and not just react – you have a chance, so I completely agree with you on that point. Um, I want to flip uh, sides of the ball because we touched on it a little bit, but you know, you talked about the uh, potential scoring difference in, in this game. We know Ohio State can score a ton of points. Penn State is home dogs in this game by minus 15 and a half. Wow, which is probably accurate. <laughs> As much as we come on here every once in a while looking at yeah. some spreads, we're like, oh, that might be disrespectful. That might be a little inflated. It's it's not it's not unrealistic. Uh, no. Just the way that Ohio State is played, you've inevitably been in games that are just shootouts, uh, regardless of what level of football it is. Is Penn State's offense prepared to be in a shootout?
1: It, it, it's a tough question because they 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 should be like able to. Do you know what I mean? The way these tight ends have really played throughout the season, um, Tinsley, Parker, Washington, the two extremely talented running backs. Sean Clifford has played in a lot of big games, you know, a lot of good games where he's had to score 35, 40 plus points to win. Um, they should be. Um, I, I don't think it's consistent enough. For them to go out, drive after drive after drive, and put up big play, big play, big play, touchdown, touchdown, touchdown. They score, we score. They score, we score. It's kind of been one of those games where time, where it's like whoever turns the football over first is going to lose. I don't think they're structured that way. I don't think they're they're consistent enough as an offense. Heck, I don't think Mike Yursich is consistent enough as a play caller to be in a game like that. I really don't. I, I really, I really, really don't. It's nothing against Yursich because he's 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 done a pretty good job, you know, at times this year. Um, did a great job last week again making adjustments and, and putting together a really good game plan um but going up against one of the better play callers in all of america and ryan day he got your work cut out for you right so i uh, look i think your your chances your shots your chance for explosive plays need to be well calculated right right it's you know hey, let's run it Run it, completion, completion, that mid range throw, like you said, that that Sean is very successful at finding tight ends over the middle of the field, um, getting the ball in Tinsley and Washington's hands very early, um, right? And then understanding the moment, the situation, right? You know, we talk about the analytics and the stats of the game, which is something I don't really believe in in certain situations or certain moments throughout the course of the game, Tom. But I think, I do think there's a place for it. And I think the place for it on Saturday is that when you get in, to a second and short situation, um you know, or, or hey it's third and two, and we're in plus territory, and we know we're going for on fourth down. well, let's take a shot and see if we can create a big play. These are games, Tom, where th- that like that that's the stuff you have to look at and pay attention to and say, listen, we have to do this in this situation and in this moment for us to try to win this football game. Yeah, we can play conservative um we can try to bleed the clock put plays together, move the chains, get first downs, but that's only going to that's only going to last for so long. There are going to be times when we need to push the ball down the field, take chances and create explosive plays and make big plays for us to win this football game. Um when that moment presents itself, they have to take advantage of it.
0: I still as a fan going into this game uh, believe ultimately that Ohio State is is going to pull this out, you know, not to tick off our audience too much but you know I, I just think this is a very very good Ohio State Buckeyes team number two in the country against number 13 um, Ohio State is, is advertised however the the feeling around this team this Penn State team is so different and you talk about all the time things change so quickly in the Big Ten that Michigan loss was humbling really really humbling and then we, we you and I talked about it going into the Minnesota game that that was a 50-50 feeling type of game, a losable game, and then you beat the hell out yeah. of the Golden Gophers 45-17. to I don't think a lot of people saw that coming. Emotionally, where are you at with this Nittany Line football <laughs> team? Because in the last you know, week plus, it's been kind of crazy.
1: Yeah, no, look, it, they've certainly changed my mind about the way I feel about this game on Saturday after what we saw Saturday night. Um, it was you know, one of the best performances they've had all year and it was on both sides of the ball so it it makes you think about what they're capable of doing moving forward because you said it right when you saw what happened in ann arbor you're thinking to yourself what was that you know you had two weeks to prep for that game and that's the way you come out and play but then to show up the way they did again again i know the team's lost three in a row but that's a very good football team They, they got a chance to win you know, another four games, finish up eight and four at, at Minnesota. Um, that that's a good team. It's a well coached football team with a lot of talent. But to beat them, as bad as they beat them, um, you know, I'll say this, Tom. They're talented enough to win. They are. Whether they pull it all together, you know, that's that's why you play the game. That's why we're going to tune in uh, at twelve o'clock on Saturday to see. Um, I, I don't. I don't think. They win this game, Tom, just because. I don't want to say we don't know what team is going to show up, but that's almost fair to say in a way because of what we
0: very fair to. It's say. fair
1: to say because of what we've seen over the past two weeks. Right, we saw what team showed up against Minnesota in the white up, but we also saw what team showed up in Ann Arbor. Now, being home certainly helps you because we know that crowd is going to be loud, that crowd's going to be supportive, that crowd's going to be there for four quarters, regardless of what 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 the score is or what the score becomes. Um I think it's, I do think it's a close game for a while Tom but if if you give them momentum they're going to lean on you and they're going to break you. Um so it's it's a it's a really really tough one to call. I really I really do believe that. Um I think at the end of the day the Ohio State wins this football game. Um but not looking past Ohio State. <sighs> you know 10 and two, 10 and 2 is a good a
0: good season it really is but you yeah. know i was just thinking that man you know it's kind of wild because you and i talked about going into the michigan game if penn state were to lose at michigan but keep it close that would have been inspiring yes. that would have been like hey we can hang with this echelon of the big 10 mm-hmm. this echelon of college football michigan stiff arm that thought very, very well. And as much as the score between Penn State and Michigan was close for about two and a half quarters, if you watch the game, it, it wasn't even close. And that was a really bad matchup for Penn State. I think this matchup is slightly more favorable in terms of personnel, but just the gap in terms of talent is still immense. I think you're still going to see that gap between the Ohio States and the Michigans of the world and then the rest of the Big Ten. And I think that's the frustration with a lot of Penn State fans is that are we at the proverbial elite stage that James Franklin has talked about for the last four years? I think that gap still exists there. However, if you play well against Ohio State and still lose and you look competitive, you keep the score maybe potentially close, I'm with you. The rest of the way, it's at Indiana versus Maryland, at Rutgers versus Michigan State, all very winnable football games. And listen, it's the Big Ten, all very losable football teams. You just, <laughs> yeah. Never, yeah. You just never know what can happen. Yeah. But you and I talked about in our, our predictions for this season during the offseason, I think you and I were thinking this season could hover around eight and four, yeah. seven and five, six and six at the absolute worst. But ten and two is a possibility.
1: It is. And that's a, look, that's a great year. You know, really is. Um. You know, but again, Tom, like I said, it's just you. Just you you look at this game, and you just you know you you have to think like uh, which which team is going to show up, right? Which game plan is going to show up, right? You know, is James Franklin going to make the right decision in this moment? Is he going to make the right decision in this situation? Because we've seen it time and time again where where he hasn't. Or a great drive, then an inconsistent one, and then a turnover but then a great drive. You can't do that Ohio state. And one of the great things about Ohio state, Tom, and what they do is that they don't care who they're playing because they hold themselves themselves and the team to a high standard where it's like we, we, they come out from play one and they're ready to dominate. Right. And they do not take their foot off the gas. They don't play down to anybody at all. They play at their level. And that's why they've been able to separate themselves from almost everybody else in America.
0: And listen, Ryan Day and company are thinking about the college football playoff. They're thinking about a national championship. Um, I know we've been a little doom and gloom here that oh, Ohio State's probably going to win this one. However, just to entertain the other side is that if Penn State wins this game, now the season looks very, very different. You're right there. It opens the eyes a lot of different people. I'm not saying you want to jump to conclusions or anything like that, but it changes the whole season.
1: And it's not. We're, we're, we're not. Like, they're, they're talented enough to win this game, Tom. We, we just talked about that. Like it's not like this game. is a game where it's like a, you're, you're from play one through play seventy five. It's over. It's not. They are. T- I've said it a number of times. They're more talented than Michigan. I said it weeks ago. Where it's like when you talk Ohio State in terms of talent, Penn State is the only other team I think you can put in that conversation on both sides of the ball in terms of talent. It's about game plan execution. Understanding situational football, and it's about your head coach making the right calls in the right moments, understanding when to go for, understanding when to punt, understanding when to take three points. How do I play this situation? How do I play this moment? What are the right things to do throughout the course of this game that'll put us in the best spot to win or or give us an advantage against the game? Because remember, the guy across from you, I think was one of the better head coaches in all of America, and people don't give him enough credit or enough respect for how fantastic of a play caller that guy is. Right, You got to be dialed in. You have to make the right decision. I don't want to hear analytics at times, Tom. In some moments, yes, you have to pay attention to it, but t- feel the game. How are you playing? How are they playing? Understand the moment. right? Trust your gut in a game like this. Play to win.
0: Considering Penn State's been 500 between 2020 and 2021, if you're able to beat Ohio State and potentially go in the role that we just talked about, all of a sudden, Things feel very, very different for this. You Penn
1: State you win Saturday, all is forgiven, right? <laughs> oh yeah, you can
0: do whatever you want. Uh, Penn State uh, versus Ohio State is this Saturday. A uh, big noon kickoff will be there. It'll be live at noon on Fox. Hope everybody enjoys the game. We'll have a full recap episode for you in a matter of days. Thank you all so much for joining us. We'll be back on ESPN Radio State College on Mondays and Fridays from 4 p.m. to 5 p.m. Eastern for the remainder of the Penn State football season. If you want to check out the podcast version of this show presented by the Believe Network, this episode and our entire library of shows is available now on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, and wherever else you get your podcasts. And of course, let us know what you think of the show on Twitter at ESPN Radio 1037, at McGloin QB 11, and at Tom Hannifin. Pater is presented by Bet Online and by Funk Brewing. Thanks again, everyone, and join us next week for more Pater.